a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the RacerX Online Anaheim 2 podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. This is where we wrap up everything that went down in Anaheim 2. Lots to talk about. Appreciate it. Presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com, Flex Air 2016 gear out now, of course. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, some of the guys running Foxhead, global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Visit your local authorized dealer or go to foxhead.com. And uh, appreciate everybody listening. Like I said, Anaheim 2 wrap up, lots to talk about. I'm Steve Mathis. With me uh, in studio to do this, he is uh, worked for Atlas Brace and uh, Matrix Concepts and former Canadian pro. He was down with me. The Noof, Ryan Lockhart. What's up, Noof? Hey, thanks for having me. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna wrap this thing up with us. Cool. And you were there. I was. Unlike my boss, RaceRex online editor, stuck in snowy Charlotte. The Jason Wygant. Yeah, uh, there was, um, I'd say, three to four inches, which, uh, as we all know, that's all you really need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to work with. No, absolutely. Yeah. Did you bust out the cardboard sled for your children? No, we actually had purchased, uh, that was uh, last year, but in yep. between, we had purchased a uh, tube to use in the pool. So I'm like, oh, that'll work fine. Um, so after about three runs down an icy hill, uh, the thing popped. That was oh, the, end of the, the that, end of the activity. That is money lost right there. Uh, yeah, what's going to happen come pool season? I don't know. We have to get a piece of cardboard, see how that works. <laughs> Maybe. Also on the line, yeah, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, probably racing against the Noof. A few times. Yeah, a few times. Uh, Hawking fly racewear across America, the Jason Thomas. Yeah. Still uh, still upset. Two Americans, on, two Americans, two Canadians on this thing. Yeah, it's like Anchorman. Bring it. All right. Um, Channel 4. Channel 4 News Team, assemble. Still upset about <laughs> JT. A couple of tough weeks for you gambling NFL games. A couple of uh, tough weeks. Yeah, whatever. I think we're going to be okay, though. <laughs> are you going to double? You're going to be the gambler guy that says, "I'm going to get back on the Super Bowl." Yes. <laughs> yeah. hey, There's no doubt about the that. early line is five and a half, and I still like the Panthers. I do too. Yes, but uh, all right, um, all right. Let's talk about Anaheim too. JT, you were there. I was there. New was there. Weege was stuck at home, and um, and also also too, uh, Weege, the new guy Kyle. Despite Coy Gibbs saying last week that Kyle sucks, Kyle was great. He's, he's still an idiot. Kyle's an idiot. Oh, yeah, sorry. Kyle's an idiot. Uh, Kyle helped us out. Really came through for his uh, new crew at Racer X. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, um, yeah, so Charlotte, they, this is what I've learned about winters in the southeast. Thursday night, they canceled everything, even though we hadn't had any weather yet at all. Um, so it was a big scramble, and I probably could have driven four or five hours to go to the Atlanta airport and got a flight from there. But everybody I consulted with is like, what, are you crazy? Just skip it. That included every JGR person. Was like, if I were you, I don't know if to go. I wouldn't go. 
And uh, our boss, above all of us, Julie Kramer, she's like, what, are you crazy? So, uh, all right, if you're going to tell me to be lazy and sit at home, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. So that put new Kyle up to bat. And uh, I said, all right, you got to go down to the podium after the race and stick a recorder in the top three right. superstar faces. And uh, he not only did it, but he asked real questions. I was, he might not have, maybe he's not been around long enough to realize that's scary. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, you don't go to Chad Reed and say, hey, Chad, what, did, uh, what was the deal with the whoops? Or what about Cooper Webb? Or, yeah. But he went for it. No, good, yeah. good job by him. And um, yeah. I went down to the podium two weeks just in case he, I was thinking, well, I should go down in case new Kyle, you know, doesn't get it. Um, I have oh, to get, yeah, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I don't know new Kyle. Maybe new Kyle doesn't feel appreciate, like doesn't know what to do. So I'm, I went down to the podium. However, I did not like. I did not like me asking Chad Reed questions and then everybody sticking their mic in his face. I didn't like that. But I guess yeah, that's the way. there's like media rules and there's the rules that everyone uses for you. I don't like the fact. I guess that's just normal, right? That's how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and most people, I think to most people, they'd be like, we already did the interviews at the podium. You're out. But you show up and they seem to talk anyway, so. Yeah, well, anyways. All right, Anaheim yeah. 2. Um, first of all, JT. Great track. Great track. There's a quad that only Tomac did. Reed figured something out, a 3-3 in a rhythm that, you know, allowed him to pull away. Whoops, were gnarly. Um, it, it, this some sand, I don't know, whatever you feel about sand. This track was great. Just, I'm, this, I cannot remember the last time I was so happy with a track. It, it was tough. It was technical. It took balls out um, moves by some of the best riders in the world that other best riders in the world couldn't do. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought the track was good. I thought it was really unique. I thought the the way that they uh, just kind of angled everything. You know, the start in all my years of going to Anaheim, I've never seen the start in that position ever. And mm-hmm. I've raced there 40 or 50 times. I never, you know, have just never seen it along the, I guess, the third baseline right there. <clears throat> I'm sorry, the first baseline. Um so that was different, and just the angles of the way the you know it's kind of going diagonal um, versus mm-hmm. the way that it normally kind of goes mm-hmm. um, across there. I, I thought that was cool. It, it added some length to a few sections. I thought uh, because it basically used that the whole diamond yeah. um, for the one rhythm, uh, and obviously the biggest thing was just how tough the whoops were. You know, I think uh, that's always going to be you know hit or miss on depending on who you talk to if it's good or bad, but. Um, it's been a while since we've had just a really, really tough whoop section that stayed tough. Yeah, they didn't roll it. Of, they didn't really roll it. Yeah, a lot of times you, they're so tough in practice and they kind of back roll them and then the night show is kind of a joke, you know, and, and it's been a – I can't even remember the last time we just had a brutal section all day and night. Noof, what do you think? Yeah, no, I thought uh, the whoops were great to see. I mean, it's been a while um, seeing – you know, the good guys really excel in them. Yeah. And I thought it was cool. I mean, it wasn't fast, but seeing Moose Can jumping through them at some point, I mean, that shows right. really how tough they were, and it's been a long time. Well, and then, like I said, like, Tomac was the only guy to, to quad that thing. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You know, just have not the top riders in the world be able to figure that out. Chad going 3-3 in that rhythm, which I don't get it, JT. Like, that didn't look that hard. But he said he saw Pike do it, yep. and, and then he did it. That didn't look hard. I don't know why no one could figure that out. Yeah, the uh, the landing of the second three mm-hmm. was pretty steep. Yeah, I guess because uh, it was more of a takeoff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty steep, but I, you know, obviously those guys, any of the top guys, were capable right. of it. But what I've seen is it's really tough uh, to kind of change your approach mid race. 
and I don't really know why other than guys just kind of get locked in and get tunnel vision mm-hmm. for the line they're going to do. But I've seen it over and over uh, with that kind of scenario. It's like, you know, the guy could jump it no problem, but he just they, the guys figure out their line, and that's yeah. what they're going to do, and they just kind of con- continue down that path. But um, it definitely seemed to help because you could kind of see him stretching it out there mid-race when yeah. he started doing it. Great track. And I almost blocked everybody on Twitter who hit me up and said, look at these whoops, you're going to hurt somebody. Like, seriously, I almost blocked these people. It's super cross. It's supposed to be really tough and really gnarly. And if you can't get through the whoops, well, whatever. Jump through them. I don't know. Like, I, just, I don't get that. It, it, it's not that I want to see guys get hurt and injured, but it's super cross. It's the highest form of off-road motorcycling racing in the world. And I think when you see guys that have full-time jobs racing and whatever, I mean, go ahead and bash me, but if you have a full-time job and you're racing you can't get through the whoops, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, this is sure. this is the I highest agree. level of racing. So, but JT, you would not. I, d- I do think oh. it raises the you know raises the bar for injuries. Uh, like well, we saw of some, course, you know I, I get the, I get all yeah. that, yeah. but uh, you really see some separation. You really see the skill rise to the top in that in that situation too, which mm-hmm. is what well, you know that's part of it. That's part of the draw. You know, I, I think it's good to have variation. I think it's good to have tracks that are easy. And it, it really raises kind of the racing aspect, like you have to race each other. And then I think it's good to have tracks that are just crazy tough and technical, too, because I think that gives the guys that are technically more skilled than others a chance to shine. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think uh, it just adds more, you know, more of the variety to the series. What do you think, uh, Weege? Do you have a problem? I'm wondering. No, I have no problem with it. I thought it was really fun to watch and, and... It's going to be interesting even doing this show right here to talk about these different rhythms and different techniques, which you very rarely even have that stuff to talk about because at the end of the night, they all do the same thing. But I would love to know, and we'll never find out, why it was like this. Like we said, they roll the whoops down you know, after uh, San Diego practice for the night show. So they clearly could have made those whoops easier if they wanted to. This doesn't happen on accident. So why all of a sudden, for the first time in like nine years, did they say, yep, yeah. Tonight's tonight. Gnarly whoops. Uh, why? And the, the layout of the track, I thought, was, was cool. Yeah. I almost thought at first looking at it, especially with that right-hand first turn, it almost made me think, did they originally think this was going to be another Anaheim 2 retro night? Was that, was that happened? Because that's the way the starts. I mean, that's the way the starts always looked from, like, 1983 through, like, 1991. Uh, so I don't know if they got confused. <laughs> uh, they changed their plans. Well. Yeah. There's one other theory I've heard, though. This is not a bad one. <laughs> somebody threw this out there this morning. I heard somebody say, well, they really wanted Reed to get that ninth win in Anaheim. So they figured that they made the move. Oh, it would help <laughs> Actually, Chad said he didn't feel that good through him. And he wasn't, he wasn't superior in them. He was good. He wasn't bad. But he wasn't, you know what? Yeah. He was about the like, 12th lap. He had about six or eight laps in there in the middle mm-hmm. where he was just fantastic in him mm-hmm. on the far he was going down the far left side right and he really really was good but other than that like during you know the afternoon and his heat race and all he wasn't a lot better than everybody but he had a stretch there where he was catching dungy and he gapped eli and roxon mm-hmm. and then i don't know if his line went away or he made mistakes on the rest right. of the track but you could see uh he, he lost that that speed in him again Noof, um you, 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 that former pro racer, still arena cross champion, by the way, everybody. Dash for cash. Dash for cash champion. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, do you know Noof made like 
Nuke made like twenty grand doing these arena crosses in the off season. You're not supposed to tell everyone this. Oh, I'm not. Well, I don't want more competition next year. I don't know why these guys don't. <laughs> Anyways, okay, uh, Noof, do you have a problem with a right hand start? Like, um, you know, I, I asked Wyndham about it one time. Wyndham's like, "Big deal. We do right hand turns all the time. Who cares?" And I'm like, "Okay," because people do talk a lot about it. But a right hand first turn. What, what, what's your thought? No, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's different, and yeah. guys aren't used to it a lot. But I mean, yeah, it's. It's a corner. It's going right. And I mean, <laughs> I think you just have to be very, really smart where you line up on the gate. It makes the gate choice a lot, uh, yeah. a lot more crucial. I, I always like the guys that were lining up on the inside because, as we've seen, everybody push wide yeah. into that first section. So just throws an aspect into it where you really have to think different strategy. Um, you couldn't really come in from the outside and sweep that good no. because you didn't have the rear brake access. So. I almost feel like if they're going to do a right-hand turn, that's fine. They should put a little berm. Mm-hmm. on the outside in that right-hand turn because there are dudes going to just fly off the track. For sure. I just think it has to be a 180. It has to be. It can't be a 90 because you can't stop. People just push and push, and there's only right. yeah. 12 feet or 15 feet, you know, to right. go, and then you're just – everybody's out on the concrete. I just I, – I hate it. I hate it in theory to have a, a right-hand turn mm-hmm. because there's always crashes, and then on top of that to make it a 90, I think it just makes it even worse. Yeah, I mean, it for sure made it sketchy going into that first on-off section. I mean, we yeah. saw carnage there. All night, like you said, JT, with everyone pushing, pushing to the left. Yeah, like Marvin's heat race, he had clearly no idea that it was a right-hand turn. He went straight. He, he just kept going, and you're like, he had the whole shot, but only yeah. because he didn't realize he had to take, he couldn't go that fast. Yeah. And then he just goes right off the track. Exactly. You know what I mean? It was like one of those things where like, yeah, good job, Marv, but yeah. now you got to make the turn. So, um and yeah, we saw lots, lots of lots of uh, accidents there. So maybe put a berm there or something so guys can. But then I guess if you have a berm, you're bouncing off and you're and then you're coming you're, back you're coming right. back into the into the well, Or you just send somebody airborne with no net. True. Need a net. We need those nets. <laughs> um, Weimer uh, started on the inside. I like the on the far inside was was really good, and that's what you got to kind of do. What you were talking about, Noof, like for that kind of start. So, um, Weege, Dungey one. It was uh, another clinic. He pulled away from Chad even more so than he did last week in San Diego. And, you know, Tomac washed out near the end. I think Tom- I don't know if Tomac would have got Reed. It was the last lap. I thought Reed at one point was going to get – I thought both guys were going to get Chad. Did you think that um, – I'll start or go back to JT. Did you think that, JT? I went back and forth on it. Because um, it's I Chad? I didn't think uh, – you know, I thought so Chad? at first. Oh. What? Well, you love Chad, so it's tough for you to admit this. No, no, I and I when I'm watching these things, I'm objective because I whether I think he will or won't, it you know, I'm just going off what I see. Um and I thought they were going to mm-hmm. at about the halfway point. Uh but then like I said, uh when I was talking about the whoops earlier, I he really put in some strong laps there and he actually was catching Dunge. Um laps 13, 14, 15, something like that. Uh he I was watching on the watch and you know, just eye test and he was his time sped up and he was catching Dungey uh, and pulled away from those two. And then, uh, so I was like, oh, he's good. You know, he found his rhythm and he's got the whoop sorted out. He's going to be fine. Uh, and he really was until that big mistake on lap 18. Oh. So yeah, I think he clanked every jump in that rhythm. Literally, I, yeah, I think he hit every jump. Yeah, I think he just lost his concentration for a second. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it almost cost him because that last lap was going to be a doozy if Tomac didn't go down. <laughs> it was. Um, did you think, J- JT, that quad, it wasn't? I talked to Tomac. It didn't look any faster, but you had you carried speed into the sand. 
So he, he liked it that way. And he said I it was really easy. didn't think it was better, though, because the way Eli was having to hit it, he, yeah. was, he was coming down the track. He was on his far right. And that wasn't really conducive for the turn. You right. know? So maybe he felt like he was coming to the turn fast, but it mm-hmm. made it such a sharp angle that I didn't really think it was much better. You know, I, I commend him for your innovating a line and doing something nobody else was, but yeah. I really didn't think he gained a whole lot. Yeah. It, um, but anyway, so Weege, um, Dunge wins again. Tomac washes out, uh, finishes fourth again. Roxon gets third early on. I think I had them about nine and ten. Both of them were kind of together at about nine or ten. And, you know, they're both t- saying good things, but um, and they're happy and they're coming along. And But Dungey's putting points on these guys. It's it's like, hey, guys, you got to really start picking it up if you're Tomek and Roxon. You there, Weege? Weege Sorry, I had Weege? a lot muted there. Oh, Sorry, right. I had a lot muted. Because uh, I'm watching the, the race on TV in the background here, and I don't want to be too loud. Um, I, obviously, the starts are doing them in for sure, but I don't want to take anything, not even 1% of the credit away from Dunge, who I think, I think the way he rode last Saturday there was about as good as he's ever ridden. And this is a guy who won the title last year and won the previous week. Hasn't been off the podium in about 18 races in a row now. I mean, he's a damn machine. So I don't even know for sure if they're going to beat him anyway. But they're not giving themselves a chance. But, I mean, it's just a heat race, so you can take whatever you want out of it. But he did pass Kenny and beat him in the heat race. Uh, so you can take what you want out of that. I mean, Dunge just looks yeah ridiculous right now. No, and if they manage to beat him, Dunge will get second or third somehow, you yeah. know? So, yep. You know, you got these guys got to really get going. Um, I thought Roxon was great, and I thought Tomac was great. But if you're going to start like that, and see you later, because guess who's second in the points right now? Chad Reed. Man, that's crazy. Um, I mean, he's going mean, to. It's possible. Certainly, Roxon and Tomac have done some uh, amazing things. You know, it's not impossible that one of them could win a couple in a row. But uh, I mean, it's nuts. It's like twenty point gap already. Yeah, it's twenty one to Roxon. Who hasn't blown it? I mean, no, he has not blown it. He hasn't DNS the race. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, it's crazy. These guys are, yeah, they're starting to lose touch a little bit. But I mean, I just think Chad's riding great, but I just still see Tomac and Roxon, you know, being better and at the end and challenging Dungey more than Chad. But maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe Chad Reed thirty what thirty two. 33, he'll be 34 next month. Okay, 33, 34 now. He's in his 34th birth year. This 34-year-old is still better than Eli Tomek and Kenny Roxon. Maybe that's just, wow, the world we're living in. So Not, not impossible. Yep. Um, yeah, it was good. It was, a, it was a great track and a great race uh, up front. And, yeah, hey, that heat race was awesome. Talk about the heat race. Those three guys were pushing and Dunge won. <laughs> so. Well, Okay, so let the, the the two guys who have raced. The, the, well, sorry, all three of you. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. How many titles do you have? I have four Manitoba titles. Manitoba titles. That's yeah. correct. Uh, Supercross heat race experience. JT, does that mean anything? The fact that Dunge was able to beat Roxon there. Does Kenny go back to the pitch like damn, or is it just the heat? Does it matter? I honestly thought that Kenny would probably go back uh, happy because he he was able to pressure Dunge there. You know, I, I felt like he. Mm-hmm. 
he could match Dungey there step for step. And he's like, okay, no problem. You know, like Dungey's won. Dungey's a champ. He's, you know, won convincingly the last weekend, rode really well <clears throat> at A1. But, yeah, no problem. I can ride right with him. So I, I honestly think even though he didn't win, I thought it was probably a, a confidence-building thing. And he's like, yeah, I just can't blow the start again, and I think I can win this thing no problem. So uh, I would I would take it more as a, a – and an upside versus a downside as far as losing that heat race. What do you think, Nuth? Like, do you think the guys care at all? Do you think it bugs them? No, I think it was like, like JT said. I mean, Kenny matched the pace of Dungey, so it had to be a bit of a confidence booster. Um, going back and thinking, hey, if I get the start, I can beat him. But he didn't get the start, so <laughs> he didn't get the start. He didn't get the right, start, right. and he really wasn't a factor. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, any kind of confidence is good confidence for these guys. But they probably got beat down after that main. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, they got to stop. They got to stop the dungy train here. But maybe, yeah, I, I said it last week. I said you guys got to stop it this week, and I'm going to say it again. They got to stop it in Oakland. They do, because Dunge is going to just keep stretching it out. And I mean, it's not like you can be like, oh, Dunge, dude, he's just a grenade with the pin pulled, you know? So yeah. tough. Pinball, I'm just hold, just waited out. Yeah, just uh, just one of those things. Uh, Seely went down early in the main. He's third. He's fourth in the points. Anderson uh, just got a bad start, really. Didn't did, did you see anything happen to Anderson, Noof? Yeah, I mean his start wasn't great, and I, I mean I really had higher expectations for him. I mean he did move forward, but yeah. not quick, well, and didn't make it happen like he his, should. Yeah, his trainer Alden Baker told us his goggles fogged up, he had a fogging issue, and so he kind of like played it safe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I mean it's it's interesting to you know see. Like, Anderson's kind of off to a little bit of a start like he was last year. Came out swinging at A1, mm-hmm. um, and then his starts haven't been there, and he's just kind of been quiet. I mean, he's made moves, but um, he needs to get the starts. I mean, the starts kill him. He can't He can't come through. Like, Dungy's always in a good place, and you're not going to beat Dungy if you're not there with him on the start. We each about Millsaps. I was trying to think when the last time he led laps in the main event was. I don't think he did it last year, and he missed the year before. Well- well, technically he did. I think he got a whole shot at one of the Anaheims last year, uh, but I don't think it was leading. So I, I think on paper he led a lap last year or two laps last year, but oh, okay. it's not the same. It's not like, uh, you know, he well, raced for it this time. It wasn't like he got the whole shot and it just took 1.1 laps for him to get around him. Hey, you know what's interesting, though? So we're, Noof and I are driving home, um, and we're talking about the race, and one of us says, man, Millsap sure went backwards. And the other one of us, I agreed or he agreed with me. And then we were looking at the results on Sunday, yesterday, and he still got seventh. But JT, it seemed like he went f- like shuffled back really quick once he was caught. But still, seventh is great. Seventh's fine. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, being in their truck after the race, uh, he just kind of pumped up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where he hasn't really been at the front in a while. Yeah, uh, not and not that you know that's such an easy excuse to make, but uh, he, you know, he won his heat race and felt really comfortable, and then in the main event, he just was like, "Okay, this is my time. I got to go." And then uh, he just kind of blew himself up. Uh, trying too hard, so but, but it's still a positive. It was a positive. For race. Sure, yeah. no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. and for, Forrest and I talked about this quite a bit, uh, both from my side as a sponsor of the team and just, uh, you know, watching as a fan is, you know, if you had to choose between uh, starting 10th and moving forward, you know, and getting like a fifth place Mm -hmm. or leading laps, winning the heat race and maybe, you know, blowing up and going back to seventh, I'll take the latter every time. Yeah. 
you know, because he showed he can go the pace. I, I don't think that the the pace was something that just overwhelmed him. Uh, I just think he needs to be up there more and get more comfortable back in that you know kind of race yeah. winning form. So it just um, it seemed like he, he definitely went, showed something. Yeah, and it seemed like he went further backwards faster. Like both Newf and I after the race, we were like, oh. And then, and then you look and you're like, wait, he got seventh. That's fine. Like, and by the way, Trey Kennard had a terrible night. But this, so we, now we've had the same top six at three races in a row. We would have had probably top seven. Kennard probably would have been up there. But so that's still interesting that we're we're seeing two tiers of two tiers of guys. Um, but no, good good for, good for Davey. Good for the team. Everything else, you know, that's that's good. Um, and let's talk about Kennard a little bit. So Brayton, heat race, crash into rhythm. Came back, uh, he in the main. Um, Justin Brayton and him collided, and he Brayton knocked him off the track. Did he? It didn't look like that hard of a hit, though. Like, couldn't he have kept going, or was he just maybe the hand and frustration? And he had a practice crash that caused them to re-injure a uh, hurt groin. But do you think he could have kept going, JT, or do we know what the problem was? You know what? I couldn't really see it. I was on the other side of that jump. So I could see him fighting with his bike, trying to get it out of the right. tower or hay bales or whatever he was dealing with over there. Uh, but I'm not sure. I, I honestly think that he probably was just had it had enough. I mean, it had been a rough day yeah. uh, all day long. Yeah. So I don't know if um, you know something on the bike broke or he was too sore or whatever. But I could I could honestly see him just being like, you know what, today's not my day, and I, I'm gonna hurt myself if I do something else. You know. So. Right. Um, it was just unfortunate because he's one of the guys that could add to the race to the front. And, uh, you know, everyone, I don't, you know, I think everyone deep down is kind of like, man, if anyone deserves to have a healthy season and have some success, mm-hmm. it's probably him after everything he's faced. So, um, uh, and we, definitely not a good day, though. Weed reading Dan's quotes, I couldn't really figure it out. Just kind of said, pulled it in. <laughs> so, yeah. Dan just said, I think he was just over it, frustrated. <laughs> yeah. That, that was his perspective at yeah. that point. Um, yeah. So Brayton, uh, JT, did, oh, first Newf, did you see Brayton Pike late in the race? No, not okay. Because no. Pike was steaming. I saw the Brayton Trey thing. I was watching him. I happened to see him and uh, watched the whole thing. And I, I'm sure Kennard was pissed, and I'm sure Pike was pissed. But I didn't see JT. You saw the Pike Brayton move. I saw the Brayton Kennard thing. I had no problem with what Brayton did. He had the inside. Well, and what about the Pike Brayton? Yeah, I talked to uh, Brayton about it afterwards, and I know you talked to Weston. And Brayton, well, I didn't he, talk to Weston. He was just he. Oh, there was some. Well, gotcha. in, as far as talking, it was swearing about Brayton. So, yeah, and I, I talked to uh, to Brayton about it, and he's basically just said that you know Weston really doesn't like to give up the line, even if it's taken away from him. You know, even even if he's on the outside, and and the guy on the inside has the pass made. He uh, he doesn't feel like that he has to let off. Um, he always just tries to bulldoze his way around the outside, you know. And Brayton was kind of like, well, he, he did it to me in the heat a few times, and mm-hmm. I, I checked up and, and let him have it. Yeah. But in the main event, you know, it's the last lap of two turns to go. I, you know, if I, I had the line, I can't just let him go around me again. Um, and that's basically where the contact came in, you know, and – I'm sure Weston looks at it as, well, he came in the inside and knocked me off the track, but Brayton, you know, Brayton's perspective right. is, well, I was there. You know, yeah. there was no room. I, I, you know, you have to right. let off at some point. <laughs> so, you know, I know Brayton was like, well, you know, I obviously I forced the pass there, but he's got to realize that the pass is made, you know, at some point too. 
so I think that's where the difference of opinion yeah. came in. And obviously, but, the guy on the ground is always going to be pissed. I think that's never going to change. Well, I think Trey would be pissed, but you know what? Trey didn't. That's kind of what Trey did to to Dungey. Yeah. Scrub the triple, had the inside. I got the turn. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. That's Supercross racing. But there's there's some there's some uh, feelings in the pits right now that are building. You know what I mean with all these guys? Yeah, I mean yeah. I thought Brayton was a bit aggressive, but yeah. it was good to see. Yeah, I mean we, I mean you can't loved it. you can't let you know if the if yeah. the door's open you got to take it. And uh, I mean from what's what I kind of could right. see on TV yesterday. Um, it was aggressive, but not yeah. dirty. And then we are new for you as a racer. Did you have any problems with um, Anderson's passes last week on Seeley and Barsha? They were they were on the aggressive <laughs> side for five. sure. I mean, it was it was risky for Anderson to do that last weekend, but he had to do it. Yeah. If he wasn't going to do it there, he yeah. would have just kept behind him. So um, I mean, you can't you can't waste time. JT, how do you feel about fly on fly crime, fly racing, Justin Brayton on fly racing's Western Pike and fly racing straight Canard? Well, I mean, obviously it's not ideal, but um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's racing. Things like that, things like that are going to happen, and I, I didn't see the Canard one, so I really yep. can't comment. Uh, I know what I was told by multiple people, and even Brayton was like, you know, I well, had did anybody to, had to get in there? Did anybody so, say it was bad? Because I didn't think so. Uh, I, I mean, I heard he, you know, knocked him down. You know, I don't. That's really all I heard. It was, you know, Brayton went in inside, and Trey was on the outside, and Trey went down. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think Braden was shying away from anything. It didn't seem that way for me, but uh, I don't you know. We whatever. Each, it's racing. Supercross racing has been this way for 30 yeah. years, you know, so it's probably not going to change anytime soon. Weed, do you have any problem with anything Braden did? It was, it was beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. it's um, I'm shocked to hear that uh, Pike has a different uh, way of uh, perceiving passes than every other rider on the track. I'm just amazed that he <laughs> doesn't let off the gas and tries to bulldoze through. I found that. I, I, I think Brayden might be lying. I just can't believe Pike would do that kind of thing. Yeah. If you pass Pike, he hates you no matter what. Yeah. Anybody that passes well, him is hey, not. He was eighth, right? And with, was that two laps to go, JT? No, it was the last turn to go. Oh, no way. What was that? Yeah, like two turns to go. Oh, shit. I didn't know it was uh, that quick to the end. Yeah. Yeah. So. That goes, Weston goes from an eighth to a 14th, just like that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That actually makes his anger afterwards, JT, even more understandable because it literally just happened and he had yeah. two turns to go. So, um, all right. What else? Uh, Muskan came from dead last to ninth. Nice ride by him. Um, Weimer uh, had another good job, 10th, although he was higher and he said he struggled in the whoops. I think Weimer was fifth, sixth at one point. Yeah, he, he, was, he was up there. Yeah. So he's he's uh he's been he's been good. Um good start in the heat too, so I think you're starting to see, you know, that stuff doesn't happen in an accident. I think he's starting to feel it riding wise and all of a sudden he's going for it and getting better starts too. Man, you Weimer. think you think Weimer should just stick to that program and just keep going, right? <laughs> just stick on that program. Oh, that team? You what? Sure. Yeah. The team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stick with it. Stick with it. Stick with it. Things Program's are coming working. Yeah. Um don't make any changes. No, no, you wouldn't want to make any changes. Uh, nope. Porcel, I hold on. Um, this Porcel, it, what was he second overall? Right, he didn't get the pole. Uh, second overall in qualifying, yeah. he had the 18th gate pick because he uh, didn't get good starts, and uh, he fought Weimer fought him off in the heat, and he picked the far left gate, and to me, Noof, that just tells me right away you want nothing to do with any racing that is going on tonight 
No. And I was sitting in the stands with an old pro, Mike Treadwell, and we watched him line up on that outside gate. And, yeah, he could have had a little bit better of a gate, but when the gate dropped, he had no intentions of getting to that first corner, even anywhere close to the front. Maybe because it was a, a right-hander, he knew he was going to get pushed out, but that just shows, tells me no confidence lining up. No, I just... It's it's weird. I mean, you watch him in practice, and he can throw down, but in the yeah. race... And and at different times, I watched him out there, JT, and uh, he is just he was just cruising. He's just just like I I I don't want to race tonight. I weird. I don't like these whoops. I don't you know twelfth place wasn't bad. You know Pike had him beat, so that's a you know that's a thirteenth. But if you look at the guys, so Pike would have beat him. So Porcel would have been literally the last factory guy standing. Right. Did you see his his qualifying lap? I saw no no. We watch it. I watched one where he was uh, three tens off. Okay. So I watched a close one. Yeah, you but, watched the second one. Yeah. yeah, the first one I saw about seventy five percent of it. You know, mm-hmm. guessing. Yep. And it blew my mind. Literally, I couldn't <laughs> believe what I just saw him do in some of the sections, uh, including the whoops. So it's just crazy. I mean, he has the ability. I mean, he was doing things that I was literally like mouth open, jaw dropping stuff. And I'm watching Kennard and Roxon and Dungey and all these guys at the same time, you know, yeah. and they're not really blowing yeah. my mind. So it's just, uh, you don't, you don't want to say he's not trying, but what else can it be? Cause you see this talent and why you're like, Oh my gosh, how did you go that fast? And then you watch him race and you're like, he's not even, he's not even trying. He's not trying. You know, it's got to be frustrating. And I have no, you know, other than uh, being a part of the, his gear sponsor, I don't really have any vested interest, but it's got to be really frustrating for people that are that involved, you know, his team and, and Can, mechanic and all that. If you're a fan, Weege, of Christophe Porcel, and there's lots out there, you got to just be, <laughs> I mean, as a fan, you know, these guys that live and die with the riders. And there are, they're out there. I mean, all of us are in the industry. We're all jaded or whatever. But there's legitimately, like, super fans out there of Purcell. You just got to be like, oh, my God, I give up. I give up. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I love it just because he's such a character. Like, I've never seen all of this. Like, a guy takes this much time off and then, like JT is saying, make the best riders in the world, you know, outskill them or out, outfast them. And on a very difficult track, but then, yeah, what Newf was saying about the main event, he didn't even try off the line. You can literally, he just rides through the first turn. Like, I'm just letting everybody go. I am not even trying to, like, upshift or accelerate out of this corner, which, you know, he's so crafty at times. You know, there are times where you might do something like that as a strategic move. Like, they're all going to push wide, and I'm going to go from 20th to 10th. But this wasn't one of those. This was just, I don't want to get run into. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. Um, actually, JT, talking about the lap that I watched, the section that most impressed me was, um, so you do the Chad rhythm section, and you turn right, and you go double, double, triple, and then they were tripling in, right, singling out, I yep. think. That section, the get it, he... He manualed the doubles and, like, stayed mm-hmm. – the rear wheel, like, never left the ground. You know what I mean? Right. And then he tripled, scrubbed. He came over, tripled, tripled again, singled, scrubbed, stayed low. He went around that inside turn before the big triple. Like, mm-hmm. he was – like, someone hit the nitro. like, And then scrubs the triple from the left to the right. So, goes across the, the, the triple, lands, you know, floats over those four – and cuts the finish line. And I'm just like, oh, 
just you know just the skill it took it was great yeah that's that's the most frustrating part is if you're not, if you're just not fast enough or whatever you know whatever that happens i trust me i know that side very well but when you have the ability and you have the talent on a specific track even mm-hmm. and then you just watch him race and you're like that's nowhere near what he's capable of that's it's tough yeah it's tough to to really explain um yeah, so Purcell, not, not so great. Will Hahn were the LCQ again, all three races. But 11th is good. Good job by Will. He was pissed off after the LCQ. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Newf Ooh, was saying. He, when he rode off, man, he was so mad, cutting in front of guys and just, like, <laughs> pinned off the track. Uh, Nicoletti was a victim of the whoops. We love Phil on this podcast. So um, Phil, uh, Death Cross got Phil this week. <laughs> And I went and checked in after practice. I was talking to one of the JGR guys, and I said, how's Phil? I literally never saw him. And he said he's at his all-time filthiest, Weege. Filthy attitude, like just the old time. So, um, I texted with Phil, and I said, uh, I asked him if he was okay. He said he was, and then I said it was a bad crash. He goes, I changed my line. I followed Wilbur to the left when I was hitting them fine on the right. I thought it would have been better. Clearly, I was wrong as usual. <laughs> so clearly i was wrong as usual he flew onto the concrete man it was ugly so should i can we talk about phil's week you know he had to do the heavy lifting put the sport on his back fly all the way back to charlotte and do a double uh for that usgp <laughs> friends intro which i could just sense through the text through the phone how much you enjoyed that Mathis. oh I mean, it looked like something out of Kenny Powers. It really did. Like fireworks and a, and a black drape dropping down over a sign and then two dudes in probably a gear, probably a double JT that would you could maybe do in first, I would think. I think Giuseppe could have jumped it. <laughs> it's just, it, it, tell, tell me you guys are with me on that, on the Kenny Powers. Like, I never intro. seen anything like it. <laughs> Yeah, this fact is Phil, who, you know, it was available because he wasn't going to have to be riding, but now he actually does have to be in California every weekend to mm-hmm. ship him back. Mm-hmm. And they had the press thing. So they had McGrath there. Like, Monster's a big part of this event, so they had McGrath. Yeah. And I said, I'm like, that's actually pretty good because it's all NASCAR reporters here, and McGrath's probably the name they maybe know best. Right. Except Carmichael. Um, because Carmichael actually drove NASCAR. But then, then like halfway through it, the door opens and Phil pushes the bike in toward the stage, <laughs> and the announcer guy's like, "And everyone, here he is, Phil Nicoletti!" <laughs> and they just seen him jump this double, and they just couldn't believe it. Like they were literally oozing odds. Like there he is, the guy that jumped that double. <laughs> well, first off, first off, we know the long and storied tradition between Jeremy McGrath and the you know MXGP series. <laughs> the GP series. Oh God. <laughs> Can forget McGrath. Yeah, who can forget McGrath doing all those GPs? Never mind GPs and in Europe. Well. Never mind Phil. G- yeah, and Phil and Marshall too. Welton. And Marshall <laughs> Welton. They, they looked around the JGR <laughs> shop and said, "Who's here? Who's who's still here?" <laughs> oh, Does dude. anyone here have a passport? We'll get you in. <laughs> Honestly, it was. I don't. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Fireworks. They couldn't even get the banner to fall down, like no, the, the they, curtain. Yeah, it didn't fall down at the right time. One side <laughs> fell before the other. <laughs> should I? Should yeah. I uh, 
I, I was at the, the media week stuff all week uh, for NBC, and then I was at that thing too. And it's like when it ends, then they're like, okay, the media can come up if you have questions or stories you're working on. Here's your chance to get them. So as soon as these things end, the media like they're like rabbit dogs, like all over the drivers. So they had a mm-hmm. this one. They had the drag racing guys. They were all over John Force as soon as it's over. And this one's over. And they're like, and if anyone has questions for Phil Nicoletti or anyone involved, come on up. And nobody moved. <laughs> Not even for McGrath. No, no. I think they were like, I think they were all race car people, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm not doing a story on this, so whatever." I don't know, man. Hey, good luck to these guys uh, having another GP on the other side of the country um, the week after Indiana. Good luck. I mean, the monster guys will be forced there by via gunpoint. You'll, you know, you'll probably have Anderson and Dungey committed, and then they will pull out a couple weeks before. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. I don't see. I don't see this thing being a good idea. But God bless the Charlotte people for wanting to do this. I guess they in, they initiated this, right? We the Charlotte Speedway wanted a race. Yeah, they wanted a race. They wanted to have a race. Um, I think the problem here in the U.S. is that it falls in this very strange void of its like somewhat motocross, somewhat supercross. And I think it was like uh, to me when you played volleyball in gym class at school, and the ball would just bounced in between you, and you say, "I thought you had it." No, I thought you had it. I think that's what happened as far as making it a Supercross or a National here. And then I'm sure Giuseppe was more than glad to say, well, I'll be glad to take it if neither of you two are going for it. Um, And I think the track might actually be cool. I think the event might actually be cool. But it definitely is, like, right in the middle. It's like half a Supercross, half a motocross. And, well, if you go there, maybe Phil will jump a double. (laughs) Um. Hey, uh, getting back to the 450 class, oh, the 800, he was not liking those whoops, JT. He was coming. I don't think that anybody on that team was, to be honest with you. You Whoops are easier. Now, again, I have four, only four Manitoba titles, but Newf, you've certainly raced at the highest level. JT, of course, we all know you have. Whoops are easier when you hit them faster. Now, there's a certain point where you're going too fast, but they are 100% easier when you hit them faster. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> yes, but you also your Mike, consequences and margin of error goes down. It's but, like a you know inverted scale where. But like Mike should have just jumped them, just yes. j- jumped them because he tried to skim coming in as fast as you could walk. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like that's not going to work. It's just never going to work. He's never been great. Yeah, in I think you have to be good at jumping them, though. Like as much as I, you know, we had talked about Muskan, and I was tweeting about Muskan jumping them. Yeah. He's very good at it. Right. So if you're not good at it and you can't go three and four at a time, you're pretty much just screwed. You might as well go around them like <laughs> Jeff was in the main. <laughs> Get squirrely right before off the track. Jeff was going around them. Yes. In the main. Yes. <laughs> How I, many times oh, did he go oh, around them? Like multiple times. I, yes, multiple times. Wow. Can you I didn't do that? See that. Uh, you can. I don't. You know. I'm sure there are some sort of consequences, but well, you can I don't, also point lasers at people and do all sorts of things. So, I'm 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 not going to go on my Jeff Alessi in the main event rant. I'm going to wait and see if he makes more. But after he six, rode pretty good. He, I thought he rode well in the last chance. Yes, absolutely. Six laps into the main, he's rolling every jump. So yes, that that's a fair assessment as well. And I think that that is. Simply ridiculous, and I've said but it before. But what can he do? You know, like he earned. The no, spot, he earned it. Know? He he beat he beat dudes that yeah he earned it. 
So, do you black flag them? Just say, hey, look, dude, you're not racing. I don't know. I don't know. think you can. I don't, I don't know. Think you can, you know. Uh, um, do, do I tell the Coy Gibbs story or do I, do we not? Because it's <laughs> it's it's funny, but. Which one? That he can't Wait, get knocked got, out? I can't even keep up. There's another one? The one well, after, never after the race. It, the impossibility of him being knocked out. Is a no, story, that's it? a really good story, yeah, where you can't knock Phil out. But no, no or Rock knock Coy out. But the, the part about Phil. Coy, Coy was uh, Coy was not happy after the race. You guys have to understand, Yamaha, Chad Reed are doing very well. Uh, Weed, you said they high-fived on the starting line. I didn't see that. Um, Cooper and uh, Cooper, Cooper uh, Reed. Yeah, yeah. so, so we, uh, we, I wonder what team Cooper might be headed towards. We, we think Cooper's going to ride Yamaha next year for the factory when they come back. And then yep. Phil's riders, one lost six spots on the you know with two turns to go. And one... Um, hit the concrete and never finished and like literally just in a pile of blue and dust. So I go, Coy is not happy. Parsh is out for the season, by the way. Parsh is out for the season. Yes, the million-dollar rider is out for the season, for the Supercross season. So I go to check on Phil because I'm friends with Phil, and it looked ugly. He did walk off, though. And I said to Coy, he was taking down a tent, how's Phil? And Coy goes, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) And he just walked away. He was really mad. He was not happy. And I get it, but it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. (laughs) Who cares? Thankfully, Phil's fine. (laughs) Oh, Phil is adorable. There's no doubt about that. He takes a hit. Oh, no. It takes a lot to knock Filthy down. He's from New York. He is as old school as they come. And uh, he should just put death cross on the back of his pants. Hey, one other thing on the track I want to hit before we go into the 250s here. Yep. I feel like watching this show, uh, all of a sudden I think, I think I saw Zach Bell or somebody start jumping the whoops in the LCQ. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have not seen guys jumping whoops. It's just shocking now to see it. It used to be totally normal. I mean, Jeff Stanton, Supercross champ, would be jumping whoops while leading races. It was totally normal. Yeah, JMB uh, started it, bro. Right, right. Until then, they didn't even right. skim whoops. But it was a long time where jumping was still a somewhat reasonable way to do it, even for the very guys winning races. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all of a sudden now I'm like, wow, I have not seen dudes jumping whoops in quite some time. And I really wonder, are these guys experienced with this? Like, how many Marvin was jumping the whoops? Has he jumped whoops a lot in his career? Are they out of yeah. practice? Yeah, in Europe you jump whoops because they get beat down. He's he's always been a whoop jump, always. I mean, I've raced him for years and years. I watch him because obviously that was what I did a lot, and I always noticed he did it, and he always resorted to that when the opportunity arose. That, that, that's his go-to when the chance is there. It's like your uh, your go-to with a lady. Like if you're you have a move or a drink, if you're out with a date on a date, you have a right. go-to move. Mars Mars is faithful. Yeah, old faithful. Yeah. Um, and also too, we did, in Europe. Like these tracks get these these whoops and the tracks in Europe like Lille, Bercy, whatever these German races JT does that whoops get so soft and so hammered. New if you did them, mm-hmm. you just have to jump through them at some point. Everybody they're just they're treacherous. So, um, 
All right, let's take a commercial break here, and uh, we'll be back on the uh, on the Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Racetech uh, Suspension. Use the code PulpMX10 uh, to save yourself money. Uh, check out at Racetech.com. And also uh, Michelin Starcross 5 tire. Brand new tire. Michelin. They're pumped on it. Listen to this commercial. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you... Eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you, Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech Privateer Proven, they work with uh, Ben Lim- also, they're back with Ben LeMay, and uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelins uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this, uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage, so uh, it was a lot better for me you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire they cover all the uses key for reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting traction handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. And we're back. We didn't go anywhere, Noof. Oh. I just want to let you know, but we're back. We're still here. Yeah. Um, the uh, RacerX Online podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, Ryan, the new Flockhart, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygan. I'm Steve Mathis. All right, let's... Um, Hey, did you guys hear, did you hear Fro on the broadcast say he was on a call-in show this week about Will Hahn? Yeah, I caught that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wrapped up the title that? sponsor. It was, a, it was a fly racing moto 60 show, bro. Oh. And um, and a guy said he was gonna he was he's a Will Hahn fan, but he was very frustrated. He was gonna throw his uh, pulled pork slider on the track at Will. So, yeah. Anyways, so in a little way, this the shows are made the broadcast. Fro, Fro was on a call-in show. He was also at the summer series a little bit too here and there. So. <laughs> Parking lot jump. Parking lot jump. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to 250s. Unless you got anything else for 450s. By the way, good job, uh, Dakota Tedder. That's his first 450 main event. So good job by him. Uh, Lawson Bopping made it again, although he was on the ground a couple times with his Atlas brace. That's right. Noof. Uh, Schmidt rode well. Um, so we're getting to the point. The field thinned out pretty good, although if we do an injury report, we're no Aaron Hansel, but if we do an injury report, Bogle, I heard, will be back. Um, he'll miss. He'll probably miss Oakland and be back. Baggett, Weege, what, what do you know about Baggett? Supposed to be back this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Stu Stu will line up again, so we'll add two guys there, and also Dino. But Dino could be out. Dean Wilson. Um, I don't oh, think boy. that's good, JT. I don't know what you know, but I think that didn't look good. Didn't doesn't sound good. He he had an AC. I don't know if it's the same knee that he had repaired already, but he put his foot down coming into the turn before the finish, and um, yeah, not good. Poor Dean. Yeah, I don't know any more than he had an X-ray. Nothing was broken, but yeah. I haven't heard. Obviously, for him to go home and not race is yeah. uh, not good. Um, yeah. But let's just hope for the best for now because we've seen this way too much for him. And Dude. I'm just, you know, until we hear officially, I'm just holding out hope. Yeah, tough deal, Dean Wilson. So, yeah. um, okay, 250s. Uh, what a race. Christian Craig and Cooper Webb. That was awesome. And Craig said to me after the race that he, he thought Cooper was pretty pissed. But I didn't see a problem with that noof. Anything, any moves? I didn't. That was great racing. Yeah, it was really I mean, good. Craig checked up on him a couple times, which makes you look like a little, like a little bit of a. If you're a racer and you make the pass and do checks up and comes underneath you, it's kind of a punk move. Yeah, you know. But hey, whatever. It's fair. I, I can see how Coop yeah. was a little bit pissed at the end because Craig really slowed the pace down. I mean, it was he was full defensive mode. Um, the last couple laps before Cooper got him for good and right. really slowed the pace down. And then Osborne caught right up. I mean, as a fan, it was awesome and yeah. love to see that every weekend. But I could see how Webb would have been a little bit pissed. But yeah. Craig was doing everything he could. I mean, if, uh, you know, in some of those moves, if, if Webb had a, went down, I mean, then there was a chance for, for Craig to win. How about that move that Craig did? I think the first the, the first time he – no, the second time the he second passed time. him back. Where I think after the finish, right? Yeah. He checked up and came underneath him. Like, checked up really good. Dude. It was quick. That was good. I don't know. It was a great race, Weege, between those two. Yeah, I mean, that was superb. I even had to uh, – <clears throat> my wife, who's gone to about 10 Supercross races and claims she's never actually seen one pass for the lead, which I think she might actually be right. I mean, <laughs> these races are boring more often than we want to admit. Uh, so I had to show her that. I mean, you had three laps of just going back and forth in every corner. It was awesome. And it was cool in addition just because of the backstory. Like, you know, Craig coming back, and he's actually kind of reached the potential that everybody thought he always had. And then the fact that these guys aren't rolling over for Webb. And Webb making it interesting by never getting good starts. It was all rolled into one, man. And yeah. uh, Osborne catching up. I mean, you, it's like you said, man, you just wish every race was like that. That's uh, the perfect race. It was great. And Osborne was loving it, too, because it allowed him to make up about four seconds. So he was loving it. Um, yeah. JT, Webb broke up on the wrong side of the de- on the bed. Or something happened to his cereal in the morning. But flipped off Aldridge. Raised his hand a couple times in qualifying when he's trying to put a fast lap. 
then he was, you know, he probably wasn't happy with uh, with Craig. I guess he's like he's got that chip because he's the best guy. And sometimes you get a little bit out. I think you feel like you, you know, you're the guy, you're the show. I don't know. I don't know what the attitude is. I've seen it before. Uh, a guy named Justin Barsha was also a little bit like this. Yeah, I think uh, I think he was getting frustrated because guys were getting in his way. And I think when you're winning races like that and kind of dominating the way he has, I think he feels that people are doing it on purpose, trying to, you know, rattle him or get him off his game or whatever. And whether they are or not is anyone's guess. You know, I I have no idea. They were probably just, you know, it just was happenstance more than anything. But I think that it becomes you just think the guys are out to get you. And but yeah, I did see it. I, it's nothing new from Cooper though. He's he has a you know quick temper with that stuff, and he's obviously irritable. And my column for uh, breakdown of Racer X this week is actually on this and the way he responded after such a frustrating day mm-hmm. uh, to be so calm and patient in the main event. I mean, pff, it was such a just so much wisdom beyond his age as far as being able to handle that situation in a day that really wasn't going his way. Yeah, like no freak out. You know what I mean? No, just, I'm just not gonna, at all. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm fast enough. I'm gonna just work my way up here. And and I would be shocked if anyone could say that they didn't think he was gonna try to take Christian Craig out at some point there when they were going back and forth. Right. Because he had to be getting more and more angry. And finally, I was just like, oh, he's gonna take. He's just gonna go take him out here in a second. He's you know, gonna end. He's gonna, gonna end this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he didn't. To his credit, he didn't. He. I mean, he's he's racing like a veteran out there. I mean, it's incredible the poise he's showing in all circumstances. Good start, bad start. You know, when he, he doesn't have to win the, the heat race. Right. Uh, it's it's impressive. You know what sh- it makes me shake my head a little bit, though? It's like, hey, Cooper, you've gotten in dudes' ways when they've been out there on their fast lap. Everybody does. It's not on purpose. It happens. You know? Um, I think he felt like it was on purpose, though. That's but I difference. watched the Aldridge thing. It wasn't, Aldridge was just riding. I just talked. Yeah, I, and, and I, I totally saw probably right. But yeah. I'm just saying from his perspective, it's hard to view things objectively. Well, they need to. So. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> what do you think, Moof? Did you? Yeah, I mean, I watched the Aldridge and Webb thing, and I thought at the beginning of the lap, Aldridge was trying to throw down a heater, too, but... Webb was going that much faster and caught him. <laughs> exactly. And I swear, and I was kind of hard to see, but I thought Aldridge was trying to get out of his way because he knew Webb was going faster. Well, and all of a sudden, they both come to almost a stop after. You, you could understand that because it was that it was nobody was really going way up high in that berm to triple, mm-hmm. but Webb, because that was one Webb's, like he was the first guy to kind of do it. Yeah. So yeah. Aldridge was probably thinking, oh, hey, let me go up high here. Yeah. You know, but he didn't know that was Webb's line. I mean, it was you could tell he was Webb was getting frustrated. I mean, he he was throwing down heater after heater, and he wasn't no, he going was. up the board. <laughs> yeah. So I could see how he was frustrated. Like, what are these guys doing? Yeah, and but he was. Don't blame everybody else. Well, don't give them somebody the finger. That's true. I didn't like that. What did you do at Chilliwack Arena Cross when they tried to mess with you? I just hit them. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a nom out there. Um, Osborne with a second. Nice race by Zach. Uh, and again, Christian Craig. I don't know, guys, though, but like, I still feel like Webb, I, don't, I think he's going to win them all. He's going to win them all. For sure. It. Weege? No, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's done some amazing things, and he's had to pass all these guys. But I just see how hard Osborne and now Craig are trying and how they keep trying to put themselves in position. I, I just feel like you're playing with fire the way Webb has to go through them every week. I mean, if he falls down in any of these races, he's in big trouble. Yeah, Savachi was fast in the whoops all day, and it ultimately bit him in the main. But he was really good in the whoops, JT. Did you notice that? Yeah, he looked good in him. I yeah. thought, you know, Cooper was the, the weakest of all of them. So, 
you know, that was my whole thing going into the the main event was, you know, he obviously was slower than Christian through mm-hmm. there in the heat race, which is yeah. what allowed Christian to stay up front. So I was like, if he's going to lose one, this is going to be it, because how many brutally tough loop sections will we see? You know, we haven't seen one in mm-hmm. quite a while, so we probably won't see one this tough again, uh, just odd, you know, just on an odds side of it. Uh, so if he, if he found a way around those guys, even having to pass all of them, Good luck, you know. They're gonna need they're gonna need a crash, first turn crash, front you know front tire slide out, and all that's possible. Yeah, <clears throat> but I, I like his chances. Kyle Cunningham was good. He was good all day. I don't know. He was felt felt good on that track. I guess. Would you say he was spicy? I think I even tweeted that he was spicy. You, I know that's your that's your word lately. So yeah, feisty, spicy, got pep. I don't know. I'm running out of adjectives here, but um, Nichols, Colt Nichols. Man, this kid's good. Riding well, eighth place. Kyle Peters had another good race. Oldenburg was maybe dead last, Noof. Yeah, Close. he was uh, in the whoops. Yeah, yeah, on the first lap, I think, or second lap. But I mean, yeah. I mean, he can't. I mean, he got ninth. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was a good ride for how far he was behind. And he went down a couple times throughout the day. And yeah. I wish this kid that one time he gets a good start was with a red flag on the heat race when yeah. the gate never he's, dropped. But um, he's uh. He he's, needs to put it together. I mean, he's if he can, sketchy. He, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's riding a, a new level of, for himself, yeah. and he's got the speed, yeah. but 15 laps, man, I don't uh-huh. know. <laughs> he crashes a lot. A lot. He, he does. He does, but pull props for coming back. Cole Martinez was good again. Uh, Luke Clout from Australia comes over for the Mad Suzuki team, fills in for Daniel Baker. He's, he was good, 14th. Good job by him. You know who had a terrible night? Just an absolutely terrible night. Yeah. Close friends with Phil, Phil Nicoletti. <laughs> Alex Martin. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Dude. I remember one time I wrote that he wasn't really going to whoops. He was too short. He's struggling with whoops. And he got really mad and told me it was great. You know, he's been really working on his whoops and he's much better. And I kind of agree with him, but not this weekend. You think it's a pressure thing? Putting too much pressure on himself? Trying too hard? I don't know. It's off to a rough start. Rough start. I'm sure we, Bobby Reagan and the boys over there are fully supportive. Oh, yeah, you get a couple of years over there to prove yourself. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he hasn't been yelled at once. Um, what else in the 250 class? Uh, thanks, everybody, for chiming in. Freddie Norn uh, told me he hadn't ridden all week. He had a sore bum. Pulled a muscle in his bum. So, bum muscle. Yeah, bum muscle. So, bummer for him. Get it? He it. Uh, pulled out early in the main event. So, not not. Not 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 uh, not great for him. Aldridge was up there and then must have crashed late in the race. I want to say he was eighth, something like that. No, he was rolling around the last lap very slowly. Yeah, so. okay, so maybe it was a last lap crash for him. No, I don't know if it was or not, but right. he certainly something happened. Something yeah, happened. yeah. I saw him during the day. He did something to his hand. I saw him walk into the Asterix rig, holding oh, yeah. his hand after the second practice. But I yeah. don't. Uh, I don't good. Know. Speaking of hands, good move by Trey Kennard to put the white fly racing gloves on. You know, to know that he was going to bleed through them. Yeah. This is, it's heroic. It's, uh, it's Drago like, Rocky like, you know, or Kurt Schilling, I should say. Got yeah. the bloody sock. Bloody now, get sock. The, now get the bloody glove. Intimidation so. factor. Uh, Don't even bring that. Yeah. Like that. Uh, there's a photo. His mechanic, Brent, put a photo of his hand online, all cut up that's, and stuff. It's yeah. bad. Yeah. So, um, I had somebody on Twitter say that that, you know, that, Rhythm section was dangerous off the start, and I don't know. I guess we can't Rhythm. put triples. We can't Rhythm. put no. 
Yeah, we can't put triples off there at the start. We can't put whoops off the start because we did that in Oakland. That was a problem. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was. I wanted to tweet back to Chisholm, but I figured he, you know, he's gone through enough lately. Is <laughs> just what is there left? You know, what can you put there? Because yeah. everything causes crashes, apparently. You know, I, right. and I'm not saying he's wrong. No, oh, I just don't know what's left. But if you put a, say you put a completely flat straightaway, they're still going Mach five into whatever first section they hit. Like there's always right. going to be a first no matter section. what they're going to be bunched up going to the first section. Yeah, even if you did, yeah, whatever. For, if you waited a straightaway, they're still going to be bunched up because it's flat. You know, so. Yeah, it's one of those things. And I, I had to correct Sipes on Twitter, too, because Sipes was, like, saying, oh, FIM finds Pike. Like, I'm like, or, or uh, Feld finds Pike. I'm like, Feld didn't find him. You know, that's the promotion arm of Supercross, and then there's a rules and governing body arm of it, and they find Pike for fighting. And Feld says, you know what, that's awesome. Let's just keep playing it, though. Which I understand if someone has a problem with that. I get that that you could be a little peeved at that, but let's get let's keep it straight here on who finds who and yeah. you know. So goes back to that flow chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coy, Coy gives his flow chart. We just <laughs> we just still working on it. I think I think it's two years down, right, Weech? He found a flow chart for the GPs. One guy. <laughs> hey, so you talked to Giuseppe? Like it was very bizarre. I don't think he knows who I am though. So you spoke, uh, you spoke no, to no, him. Like, it matters. like, I went there to cover for Racer X. I mean, I think when we showed up, when I showed up, this thing, it's like, wow, Racer X is going to cover this GP thing. But we actually spend money, like, we pay Adam Wheeler to give us race reports on the GPs. Like, I don't even know, does any other American uh, publication even do that? Like, we spend our own, we don't have to cover them, we just want to. Yeah. I think so MXA I was, just I was just coming for Racer X purposes. <laughs> and I thought it would be hilarious if I was talking to Giuseppe, but I don't think he even knows what I do or who I am. So there really wasn't anything that crazy about it. Was his bodyguard there? The guy with the neck no. tattoo? No, I, I've heard about this bodyguard, but I don't see any bodyguards. Oh, he was lurking. He was lurking like dirt shark and noobs, for sure, because he's always around. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> um, if I got too close, I should have tried it. You don't think MXA pays anybody to cover the GPs? Their race coverage is, is superb. <laughs> you don't think, you don't like, you don't have, what, does MXA's REM budget surpass their GP coverage? I think it would. Um, I have to say, uh, I met Seppi and his son, actually, who I think is kind of moving up in the company. Uh-huh. Uh, looks like he's maybe like late 20s or so, so maybe somewhere down the line he becomes the guy. But uh, and they have totally normal, logical uh, answers to every question we had. I mean, we asked them the tough questions, you know, will the American rider show up, and will the people respond to the track, and how does this even come about? And everything they said sounded pretty logical. You know, nothing, nothing about the... Hang out of the conversation made me think this is the evil impresario and he's just telling us spinning tales and lies. Um, I don't know if it's going to work, Yeah, but it all seems seems like you're trying. I don't know if any of you are going to show up, though. Although Assen looked okay, the Italy track in the Speedway, uh, spare, me, spare me the tracks put on these man-made places. Like, give me a break. Um, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, we, we saw Utah. Uh, we saw how that worked. Uh, I've been to some motocross to nations that were that way. Um, yeah, I just it just give you know spare me that talk. Is Giuseppe's son way. anything like Seth Green on Austin Powers? Like the you know the <laughs> what's that? The mole? No, that's well. No, that was Fred Savage. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
<laughs> Never mind. Weege doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. We can't ask Weege any movie reference. No, no, because it doesn't. Yeah. He knows Austin Powers couldn't real happen in real life. So he's not going to talk. He's not, travel, yeah. Yeah. Not going to see it. Um, all right. Anything else from the race? Noof, anything that we miss? Anything? No, I don't think. Atlasbrace.com. Yeah. Atlas Brace. Jason cool. Anderson. A few athletes out there. Yeah. That was good. Um, you watch a Treadwell? Yeah. The great, of, great Mike Treadwell. Lots of old stories. He was saying that there should be more sand down there. Yeah, not near like, enough sand. Not near enough sand. Not enough sand. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. And are you? do you have anything to say to JT, seeing as you guys are great German Supercross competitors? Well, I only did German Supercross with him one year. Yep. And we had lots of good stories, if he remembers. That was the, it was always story time every morning. <laughs> Making fun of Montez, Johnny Montez. Oh, Johnny Montez. Yeah, we used to make There's fun a of name him. I've heard for a while. And I think JT used to provoke me to get him fired up, Montez, and then we can get into big fights. And... <laughs> Lockhart and Montez spent the whole winter over there. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. At EBS Kawasaki. You the never, time. Yeah, you never went home. Just once for Christmas. I don't understand how you can do that. Well, that's why I only went once. <laughs> <laughs> JT, the savvy German Supercross veteran, knows you have to get out of there. Yeah. Newt but... is still on parole from that program. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Montez. Yeah, he ended up showing up there. I didn't Crazy know. story how he got there, but uh, yeah, I'll have yeah. to save that for another day. Right. <laughs> um. All right, so... Who's the next 450 guy? Before we wrap this up, the uh, RacerX Online podcast presented by Fox Racing. Before we wrap this up, who's the next 450 guy to win? Weege. Who wins? Who's the next guy to win a race? Uh, I think I'm going to still go with Roxon in that one. Yeah, me too. I'm going to stay with Roxon too. Noof? I think Tomac. I mean, he's showed the speed. He's been consistent, even though he hasn't had the best races. But. Yeah. He's there, and I'm waiting for more because yeah. I'm waiting for that what he had in outdoors last year. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I think it's uh, I think it's getting getting close. JT, uh, yeah, I have to stick with Roxon. I you know I kind of want to go with with Reed, but I just think Roxon's due. His riding is getting better and better. He's just you know he's got to figure the start out, but I think he's he knows that. Uh, I, I yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later as well. What do you guys think of my um? My my text last night in our group text that I feel you shouldn't be riding the 250 class if you have a baby. What do you? How do we feel about that? I feel like Osborne's got a kid, Christian Craig's got a kid. If you have a baby, you're married with a with a child. It's it, you shouldn't be able to ride maybe the support class, the the beginners class of supercross. Let's say I don't know. Does that mean anything that you've been there too long? That you you now have a baby? Strange look, no doubt. Right? I don't know. It kind of is. But you could be a teen dad. What are you supposed to do? And then you got to be out. You got. Yeah, what do you want them to do? They then they wouldn't be able to support their their child. So it's uh, you know yeah. You have to look at that side. Uh, too. I just I feel like a two fifty supercross guy holding his baby on the podium. So you're Te- fine with Martin still being in there then? Martin could still be there. No, yeah. Martin could still be there, man. Good luck to Martin in his ever never ending quest. I've come around on Martin. I have. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Good luck, Martin. You're doing well. Um, I like Irv. You know what? You, you're, you're, you'll get that title. Put your head down. Keep keep working. Actually, I don't know. Actually, there could be a point in the, the series. The East Coast is starting up here, and I feel like I could get upset on a podcast at a time or two <laughs> about this. So, Actually, though, um, the East coming up, Cincerillo, Hampshire, Bowers, uh, Plessinger, Jmart, Mookie, Mookie. What do we like? Who do we like right now? 
think it's going to be tough. I think it, that's a deep field. Josh, uh, Justin Hill? Justin Hill, yeah. I'm going to take J-Mart. I'm going to take Adam. AC, I know things have been rocky. Injuries, trainer switches. I still think Adam is that special guy, and he'll come out. I think out. J-Mart's year. I think it's just his time. Dude, you think? He's got – he's just – I don't. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think this is the year. He doesn't have the guy coming in that's just you know the right. heavy favorite like we've seen. Yeah, uh, I just think it's lined up for him. Yep. What about Bowers? I like Bowers, but his. He, I don't know. His injuries kind of. He, he's always got something hurting, you know, and he's yeah. tough. He rides through it, but there's just always something nagging him where he's never a hundred percent. So. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Weech? I'm kind of worried. A lot of these guys were all switched to the East because of, uh, you know, injuries. And I mean, Jay Moore had a little problem. I'm sure he's done with it now. Like JT was saying about Bowers, AC. I'm not sure what, how, how good he's going at the moment. Um, the guy I've heard nothing about, who I would think has the potential to do it, is uh, Hill. But I don't want to pick him only because I said that about him in the West last year, and he didn't do that well at all. So, it scares me. Mookie. Um, Mookie. There could be Mookie. Could be Mookie. Oh, I Mookie. just think Mookie's going to toss it away once or twice. Yeah, and that's for sure. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is. He'll, he'll win races, but his bad races are bad. And what if what if just Marty comes out? What if Marty just comes out and lays a smackdown? I only want that to happen. Well, I want it to happen because he wears fly, but I also want it to happen just to watch you react. <laughs> no, I mean, look on your sixteenth or seventeenth try, and you get it. That's a nice story. <laughs> it's a nice story. You know, it's like Peyton. Well, Peyton's got a Super Bowl, but it's like that, you know? Genuine so. enthusiasm on your part. <laughs> Absolutely. All yeah. right. The Noof, thanks for uh, doing this. Yeah, Noof, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Weege, JT, uh, uh, till next week uh, when we reconvene to discuss Oakland and the incredible uh, atmosphere, commitment to win the stadium facilities are second to none. And uh, I look forward to a first-class experience. How many anti-Oakland Stadium tweets from JT next week, over, under? I say five. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to have a new beginning. Uh, I'm going to try to be positive. Uh-huh. I like that. Yeah. yeah. It's right. always good to have a fresh start. <laughs> says, <laughs> says the man who's had 14 of them. When you ever, every time you have a fresh start, there's no expectations. Noof, you you came out to Arena Cross and cried on the mic when you announced that you were no longer racing. Yes. You did. It happens. I'm not going to deny it. And now you're back racing. Like, you can't tug at people's heartstrings and cry and then still race. Sometimes you react when you should think things through. <laughs> the puppet master. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping people wondering what's going to happen. I mean, you cried. There was a spotlight on you. I thought it was over. <laughs> I thought it was legitimately over. Okay. Okay. Then, that, that's fine. But we can't have another one of these for you. Like the, the next time that you really quit. When I really do quit, I just have to just yeah. go away. You've already had your one spotlight cry <laughs> moment. So, yeah, I'll always remember it. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. 
forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as the bad boy Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,